A quick scan of popular podcast genres always shows true crime near the top of the list. The podcast I'm here to discuss isn't exactly true crime. It's, uh, true crime adjacent. The body count is high. However, the identity of the suspect is faceless and ageless, though it is not nameless. In fact, once the bodies are discovered, the culprit is often called fate, incompetence, or bad luck. We call it by its real name, industrial accident. As some anonymous, disembodied voice, you probably wonder what qualifications I might have to present this material. Well, I've learned some lessons firsthand. Nail guns and exacto knives? They don't care. A 200-pound flesh anchor filled with broken ribs and a collapsed lung is not enough to stop a tumbling ATV. And I don't care how tough you think you are, you are not tough enough to win an arm wrestling match against a table saw or a printing press. Pay your premium, punch the time clock, and meet us down the hall for employee number one, the Industrial Accident Podcast. Employee number one. Employee number one. The Industrial Accident Podcast. Welcome to Unethical Podcasts. Well, it's good to have you as a guest today, uh, Stardust. It's been fun to get you on the show finally. I know we've been trying to get you on for a while, so it's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Like, I've listened to you enough. Sometimes you feel like I already know you guys, but I've never interacted with you until now. Well, it's perfect. Oh, that's nice. And that's good, though, that you kind of know what to expect to come here because we're not, uh, we're just people, you know? Yeah, no. Um. Christy's an Australian, so that's a little bit subhuman, but I mean, still, it's a person, <laughs> technically. <laughs> that was one of the things that drew me to the show, is that Christy's from Australia, and, and you're from Canada, right, Richard? I am, yes. And Celeste is Canadian, and then Tally's from the U.S., right? So I thought that was really cool how there's that dynamic from all over. I, I agree. And I think that's one of the main things that I really like about the show too, is there's such a diverse cast of us. Uh, Celeste and, and myself, we're in Canada, but Canada's huge. She's in a completely different part of Canada. So we have different, completely different provinces and everything like far away. Like it'd be a three hour, three day drive to get to the where Celeste is. Oh, wow. And Tally, yeah. And Tally's got her, uh, like she's would be like a five day drive from where I am, but she's got her culture and stuff. And then Christy, we just rip on because they don't make sense over there. That's all. It's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. I don't know if you've heard of my town. It's Pocatello, Idaho. No, I'm more familiar with Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Or Boise. People know Boise usually because it's the capital. This might actually be a good way into the episode. Do you guys have lots of farms near you? Me, yes. Um, yes, yes, ish. There, there are lots of farms. It's not, they're not uncommon out here. That's for sure. 
Oh, I was going to say, and there's potatoes. We're famous for potato farms. Taters. Yeah, that's true. Idaho potatoes. That's true. That's it. I even get Idaho potatoes where I am. I was going to say, you. that's the only thing I know about Idaho's potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Richard Pryor movie. Have you seen that movie? The Richard Pryor movie called Moving, where he moves to Idaho? I don't think so. Now I'm going to have to check it out. Listen, I'm probably going to just confuse it with a whole nother movie in my head. He moves to <laughs> Idaho and his, him and his wife buy a house. And when they get to the house, the owners of the house have removed everything. Like they, when they first go there, they're walking through and it's an old couple and they're making jokes like, he's like, oh, that's a beautiful swimming pool. And he's like, yeah, don't get used to it because we're taking it with us. Ha, 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 like a joke. <laughs> but then when they get to the house, fucking everything is gone. They've taken the kitchen cupboards. The pool's been oh, ripped out. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember this one. I'll have to That's check it out. Super fresh start. Yep. Well, do you have, uh, what kind of weird farms do they have in Australia? <sighs> You're going to say kangaroo, which is fun. What else? <laughs> Wallaby farm. We don't have actual kangaroo farms. There, there probably is... In saying that, there probably is kangaroo farms because we actually do eat kangaroo meat, it's, but we don't eat it as much as the other meat. Yeah, yeah. What? You really? Yeah. We, uh, I think we're, we're like the only country that eats the animals that are on our coat of arms. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see an American frying up a bald eagle. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I know. Canada eats, we eat, uh, uh, what's on our coat of arms? I don't think we, I was going to say we eat beaver here, but I, I don't think that's on our coat of arms. Might I be bet that. you do. We definitely, well, I fucking eat the beaver. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> you guys just have like regular kind of like cattle farms, stuff like that. Like we Yeah, cattle here. farms, wheat. We have a, we actually have a wheat belt. You guys don't have to like store winter provisions for your animals because it wouldn't be that shitty in winter. Like you could grow wheat all year round, right? It wouldn't be like. On a farm around here, you'd have to like bale hay and save all the hay in your barn for the winter months. You know what I mean? So you can feed your animals through the winter so they don't just die of frozen starvation, right? Like you guys would just have that year round. No, not here. Not here either. We freeze to death here. Well, here, here too. It's cold here too. And so, like we have to do exactly what he's talking about. We have to. Yeah save the food for the animal i mean i'm not a farmer or anything i don't have horses but i know that that's what they do right yeah well for in uh with farming okay you have to with us christy to bale these hay like get a bunch of hay cut it down bale it store it okay and if you do it too early in the year it can be like if you cut down your hay and let you have to let it dry and if you do it before it's too dry uh, it can be put away and you would, you wouldn't really even know you have to kind of know. So you wouldn't really know that it would have moisture in it. Ah, oh, so it goes moldy. Yes. And you could actually, what can happen if when it's growing mold, if it's at 20, if it's like too wet, this won't happen. But if it's too dry, this won't happen. It has to be like a 20% like right. moisture level and the mold will grow inside of there. And like the chemical reaction of the mold growing will actually release heat. And bales of hay and hay can just light on fire. Oh, wow. It's because the hay will, it's a good insulator. It'll keep the heat inside. And since it's so flammable as well, 
it'll actually burn the whole bale. You could like fucking lose so much of your farm just from yeah, right. Yeah, which is which is spontaneous combustion, right? Yeah. So, and that is that why every fucking American farm and obviously Canada have a have a big red barn. Is that why you guys have them? <laughs> to 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 put your hay in and stuff for the winter. Yeah, that's what the barn's for, basically. Ten roof enclosures. Why are they always red? Because it looks beautiful on a landscape. I don't know. Why can't they just? Why can't they be blue? Yeah, the, I don't know why the red thing. I I've. I, up here, that's not a real thing. That's like a movie thing, I think. I think like one movie. They do look pretty though. Yeah. Yeah. And you could just light it on fire, spontaneous combustion. It's crazy. It actually happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, spontaneous, spontaneous combustion can happen in all sorts of things. Uh, anything with a low ignition temperature. So like hay, coal, straw, charcoal, linseed oil, anything that can light quite easily can spontaneously combust. Like pistachios pistachios what if you yeah if you store large quantities of pistachios in the same spot they can spontaneously combust oh my god yeah it actually accounts for fourteen thousand uh fires in america each year so wow that's pistachios not pistachios but spontaneous combustion <laughs> sorry accounts for fourteen thousand. Yeah, pistachios <laughs> alone 14, pistachios are the silent killer <laughs> <laughs> 14,000 deaths a year caused by pistachios. Like, I am not. I'm scared now. I better throw my pistachios away. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not supporting big pistachio. They're not telling us these numbers. I guess. <laughs> um, Why the secrecy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, a lot of things can happen with spontaneous combustion, uh, including which our subject is today which is humans. Humans can spontaneously combust. Awesome. Is it because we're wet? We're moist inside and dry on the outside so that it will <laughs> it will warm us up real nice and toasty and then our skin will fire? <laughs> Honestly, I'll get into what they think it is, but nothing has been proven. I want to be rolled into a ball and see what happens. Yeah, just bailed. You want to be bailed up yeah. and tied up with twine? It's <laughs> a weird kink. <laughs> eat, eat me like you're a cow do you have to tie like a whole bunch of humans together for it to work <laughs> unfortunately what i meant is i'm calling y'all from jail so like i need to be bailed oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so spontaneous human combustion is defined by the medical dictionary dot the free dictionary dot com as a process in which human bo- the human body allegedly catches fire as a result of heat generated by an internal chemical activity, but without evidence of an exter- external source of ignition. Right. Ah, uh, all the rage. Yeah. So that's a pretty fucking, that's scary. Like, just think about that as a thing. Like, that's terrifying that you could just light on fire from the inside out. That is I don't know. There's photographic evidence of this shit. So it actually happens. It's not like, it's not like a theory where people go, people spontaneously combust. Whatever is happening is actually happening. It's just not explained what's happening. So remember that this can happen. That's fucked. It's scary to me. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been over 200 cases recorded of human combustion. SHC is what we're going to call it through the episode. Okay. Uh, it's too long saying spontaneous human combustion a million times. So we're saying SHC. So uh, there's been over 200 cases of SHC uh, in the world uh, since the 1500s. And the first recorded case of spontaneous human combustion is of an Italian knight named Polis, uh, 
Polinus Vorstius in 1470. All right. So the story goes that he was drinking strong wine in his home in Milan and he began to belch fire. Then he proceeds to burst into flames and die right in front of his poor parents. So that's kind of, yeah, that's the first ever recorded spontaneous combustion. Wow. From some spicy wine. That would be amazing to see, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, holy shit, it's a dragon man. (laughs) I don't know. I'd be, that'd be scary. I wonder if the wine had anything to do with it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, alcohol does play a factor into this whole thing, and we'll get into it as we go. Uh, you'll notice there's some common themes, actually, as we go through the episode. And we'll I'll do I have well, four or five cases that I'm going to go through. Uh, I want you guys to like kind of pick out the similarities, and we'll talk about them because that comes up at a certain point too. You'll start to notice some things that kind of line up with these things. Okay, mm. um, it's hereditary. It's yeah. Imagine there's just a line of <laughs> you live till 42, and then you burn up into flames. Sorry, it's in our genes. <laughs> We probably should have stopped reproducing, but what the fuck do we know? Yeah, we're trying to find the the mystical ice lady from uh the fucking <laughs> trying to find the what was that chick's name? God damn it, I fucked it up. Gene Hilliard. Gene Hilliard. Yeah, we're trying to just breed with Gene Hilliard. We'll be evened out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so this uh, belching of fire and bursting into flames was first described in 1641, almost 200 years later by Thomas Bartholin in his compendium of strange medical phenomena entitled Historium, Historarium, sorry, Anatomicarium Rerorium. That's fun, right? Nice. So he got this account from one of Vorstis's descendants. So that's 200 years later. So who knows how much of that account is true, but they were passing it down for 200 years. So keep it that in mind, right? Uh, Something must have happened. Whether it was like that dramatic of a story, I don't know. But it started back in that those days. Like the first one ever recorded is that long ago, fucking 600 years ago almost. So I find that he interesting. Probably, he probably just got so pissed he set himself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still living with my mom. <laughs> She's almost out of wine. <laughs> in fact, what I find even more interesting that in 19 or in 1763, there's an entire book written on the subject of spontaneous human combustion. It's entitled De Incendis Corporis Humani Spontaneous. I want to read it. Yeah, me too. It'd be awesome. And it was published by French physician Jonas Dupont in 1762. Like I said, it is considered to be the first reliable evidence of SHC. It's uh, like I said, a collection of cases are uh, cases and studies of shc and before this book was published shc was just dark fork uh, folklore passed from tavern to tavern uh like an urban legend of the time uh, but after this after this book was published it was published like in more of like a scientific light so it became it got thrust into the greater public's imagination uh dupont said that the the book the incendus corpus humani spontaneous was inspired by the story of a lady named Madame Nicole Millet of Reims, France. So Millet and her husband were innkeepers, and she was said to be a big girl and a big drinker. Aye. Aye. <laughs> big drinker. Uh, and on the night of February 20th, 1725, Nicole Millet couldn't go to sleep because she was too cold in her bed. So she got up and went to her kitchen to warm up. 
And then at about 2 a.m. the next morning, Mr. Malay was awoken by a strange and pungent odor. After a quick search of the house, he found his wife as a pile of ashes and limbs in the kitchen. All that was left was her skull, a few bones from her spine, and her lower legs. These parts lay atop the nearby ashes found in the kitchen. The floors surrounding the ashes were burnt, and the roof atop the ashes were burnt. It's like a head blew off. <gasps> They're probably, like, stuck to the floor. They had to, like, take the, like, those paint scraping things, like. Nearly no damage to them. Almost no damage to them at all. They, you could have picked them up as if they were, like, in a prosthetic. I bet they were still hot. Nope, not even at all. What? So her husband, John, was actually accused of immolating her and arrested her, uh, arrested for her murder. Oh, no. Yep. The authorities said that, they'd, uh, that he'd been having an affair with a young barmaid and he had tried to burn her body parts in the nearby kitchen stove to get rid of the body. So at trial, Mr. Malay was acquitted by the testimony of a young surgeon named Claude Nicholas Lacat, who was staying at the inn the night of the combustion. La cat. I like it. La, la cat. Uh. Meow. <laughs> uh, la cat was sleeping and he woke up to the smoke and he was there when Mr. Malay and the other patrons of the inn found Nicole's body or what was left of her body. Yeah. Fuck. La cat convinced the court that Mr. Malay didn't murder his wife because it didn't really make sense. And he was a surgeon. Like he, they said, he couldn't really murder in the amount of time that happened. Didn't really make sense. And this was spontaneous human combustion. And his explanation to the court was that it was because Mrs. Malay had a visit by God. So, yeah, God just made her into ash. And you know what the court said? You're right. No problem. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Most common. That was like the most common belief as to why that happened. It was like a visit from God back in those days. When did that happen? What year? 1725. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, another fun case is the one of Countess Bandy. She was the daughter of an Italian count. Um, she was also a big Italian girl, loved her spaghetti, loved her cold cuts, you know, loved men to have chest hair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why do you just keep describing me word for word? <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's just he's, he's talking about three quarters of this fucking podcast. <laughs> I'll continue. I'll continue describing. Let's see if this description matches you. Uh, described also as dull and heavy. Uh, count. <laughs> oh shit! I take back my statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she was. Her, if she would have survived past with this story, she would have ended up being the grandmother to Pope Pius the Sixth. So she never actually got to see him be Pope, but he was. Her grandson ended up being Pope. This is the best described case I could find from hundreds of years ago. So, and this was published in a 19, or 1745 issue of the Philo- Philosophical Transactions of Royal Society, which was basically a scientific journal uh, during its times. So in 1731, the 62-year-old Countess Bandy was a, actually, she, she was a heavy brandy drinker and brandy bather oh what yeah i call her the count countess bandy of brandy and people are surprised <laughs> that she caught fire 
<laughs> oh yeah exactly that's exactly what i think about this I, that's what i think about this lady for sure uh whoopsie daisy she would just take she would take her her brandy and whenever she had any like topical pains or anything that was her solution for it like because uh... alcohol like cools you off because it evaporates so yeah. quickly so it used to be a thing they used to do apparently i i was i just thought it was hilarious that she just drink it one for you one for my arm pain one for you one for my arm pain so yeah. Um, the Countess Brandy, Bandy of Brandy on her, on her last night on this earth, uh, big CB was accompanied by her maid to her room where the maid insists they spoke and prayed for about three hours. Like imagine fucking having to be stuck praying with your boss for three hours. Oh my oh. God. Just go to bed. You know, I'm like, I need a raise. <laughs> no, there's a, I think they got paid more than their share. And that's what they would tell you. Yeah, I am a count. What are you? The maid finally got a chance to escape the endless prayer to go to bed by her, uh, go to bed herself when the drunken old countess passed out on her bed and started to sleep <laughs> another one off. Like <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, next morning, when the countess didn't wake up at a normal time, the maid went to go check on her. When she entered the room, it was full of soot. And about a meter from her bed lay a pile of ashes. The soot was everywhere, including, including the neighboring rooms. By the placement of the sheets on the bed, it looks as though the countess may have gotten up at some point in the middle of the night. Beside the ashes were her lower legs, three fingers, and the front of her skull full of a half-burnt brains, which were relatively left intact. Wow. None of the furniture was affected by the fire, including the bed. The bed, however, was covered in a greasy, smelly layer. Ew. Yeah. The window also had a yellowing, gr- yellowy grease covering it. Ugh. Ew. <laughs> On the floor, there was an oil lamp covered in ashes, but with no oil. Now, could the oil have caught her on fire? Uh, I thought that directly, but in the actual account of this, you can find it on the internet. It's in the show notes. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, it says, and I quote, it is impossible by any accident, the lamp should have caused such a conflagration. So meaning <laughs> uh, we don't get a, a picture of the scene, but from what the investigator saw, that lamp had nothing to do with anything. But it, but it was broken on the floor. It was on the floor, tipped over. So I'm like, I can't discount oh, not it. Broken. Mm. No, it was just tipped over on the floor. Sideways on the floor. Mm. Yeah. So. After SHT, so that, that's that's that lady. Do you guys notice any similarities so far? Drinking the legs and the brain, legs or the and skull. the skull, the skull. Correct. So there's there's things that are happening that are common that you'll keep seeing, um, but there's also outliers too. You'll I'll start to notice. So, uh, like I said, after the publication of the De Ascendus Corpus Humani Spontaneus, uh, <laughs> sparking interest in the general public. SHC started to pop up in all sorts of literature. In the early 1800s, SHC was used as a weak plot point to kill off characters in the Penny Dreadfuls. Uh, basically, like the pulp shorts of the day are like comic books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then serious authors started to get in on the magic. Charles Dickens mentions Malay and Countess Bandy. He fucks up her name in the preface to the book, but he puts her in the preface of his 19 or his 1852 novel Bleak House, uh, explaining that the possibility of SHC is real because it's actually happened before. 
Uh, he basically had to do that because one of the characters in the book actually get, dies from spontaneous human combustion. And yeah. he got criticized heavily for saying like, you're passing fake science around in your books. And it's like, I'm writing fiction, first of all, but this isn't even fiction. See, I have accounts. So he kind of <laughs> had to. He can die two ways because of that book. You can die of boredom because it's so fucking boring or someone can hit you <laughs> over the head with it because it's so fucking long. <laughs> are you are, are you trashing charles dickens no i love charles dickens i love charles dickens but bleak house is so fucking boring it's oh okay so you've actually read bleak house okay i thought you were like another dickens lover eh fuck you <laughs> no i love most of his stuff but seriously bleak house is like this big so you could either die being hit over the head by it or die from boredom or, or old age trying to get through it all yeah, yeah. or <laughs> Well, it took yeah. me six years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I finally did it. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Spontaneous human combustion was diagnosed as a cause of death many times in the next few decades. Uh, in 1938, SHC received coverage in a British medical journal. It was actually just called The British Medical Journal, which I find fun. Uh, in it, Author L.A. Perry cited the 1823 book Medical Jurisprudence and laid out the characteristics and commonalities of SHC. And they are, one, victims are chronic alcoholics. Figured that one out already, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Two, they're usually elderly females. All right. And 62 in 1725 was elderly. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> now it's like, <laughs> yeah. but elderly is like in the 80s. Now we're good. Um the body, uh, and this is kind of where the definition of spontaneous com human combustion and these characteristics kind of differ. Uh, number three is the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. So I think this is uh, more close. This, this is closer to the, to the truth of what's going on here. I think there was actually always some sort of ignition source for this stuff, and we'll get into it a little bit more later. Um, four, the hands and feet usually fall off. Five, the fire has caused very little damage to the flammable objects near or in contact with the body. And six, the combustion of the body has left a greasy residue and a field of ashes with very offensive odor. Ew. Yeah. Sounds legit. <laughs> we have something to work with, right? We have something to work with you. Um, <laughs> When spontaneous human combustion started to be cited in historical texts, the scientists, I'm going with scientists, studying the phenomena used to blame God or Satan for these happenings. Like I said earlier, uh, God, the reason God was doing all this, he was punishing drunks for being drunk. Then why did Jesus turn water into wine? So people could uh, get spontaneously human combusted in the future and so they could have something to be entertained by. He's not <laughs> sitting up there bored. He's like, Light up, light up, dad, kill him. Ha ha, ha ha, kill him. <laughs> Squash him like bugs. Yeah. Uh, but also he was especially punishing women who drank because women aren't supposed to drink. That's a man's game. All right. Uh, remember that girls, according to 17, <laughs> 1700s logic. Fuck it. I'm still playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you could be captain. Um, Satan, the reason Satan was doing it was just because he's metal as fuck and he does fun fucking shit. That's why I hail Satan. Um, <laughs> spontaneous human combustion was a popular pop culture notion for a lot of years, but then it fell out of interest of the general public as the 20th century began to unfold. 
it was still being diagnosed as a cause of death, but it just wasn't a popular notion anymore. Some early 20th century doctors claim they were diagnosing SHC up to four times a year, which that seems like a lot to me. I don't think there is a recent enough case, but not for a year. My God, that's crazy. So me, I count that to like the fireplace being the main source of heat back in the day. There was fire in your house, right? And oil lamps. Yeah. (laughs) There was more ways to get fucking scorched back in the day than there is now. Um, that is until 1951 with a lady named Mary Reeser. Mary Reeser was a 67 year old widow who moved to St. Petersburg, Florida after her husband had died. So she'd be closer to her kids. Now she, I'm just going to say this right off the top. She was a avid smoker. So keep that in mind. Cigarettes. That's a big one. (laughs) On the morning of July 2nd, 1951 Reeser's land. That's my birthday. Is it? Yeah. 51 and everything. I didn't think you're that old. Um, Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Reister's landlady, Pansy Carpenter, which I find an awesome name, Pansy. That's Pansy, like, so great. Yeah. Pansy Carpenter came to drop off a telegram. Yes, telegrams were still around in 1951. There were millions of users until 1970s when they finally phased it out. I thought that was alarming that the uh, messenger boys were still running around with come over and suck my wife's dick messages for his, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like the the others. Anyways. um, Oh, man, the women of the 50s had their pick of them, didn't they? The milkman, the telegram boy. Exactly, yeah, yeah. When Carpenter went to open the door, she noticed that the doorknob was too hot, was hot to the touch, like danger hot. So Carpenter immediately ran back to her house, called the fire department, and soon the firefighters were bursting into the apartment. Uh, The apartment was soot and smoke filled, no reeser in sight, only a black pile of ashes. When firefighters entered the room, they saw the scene that would end up being debated for years, if not decades after. The Mary Reeser case was also the first case of spontaneous human combustion that was investigated nationally in the United States. So, like I said, she was almost nearly completely cremated, which is crazy because to cremate someone, it takes 3000 degree temperatures for three or four hours. Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah, this would have happened over like an hour. Okay, Uh, with her, it was only her skull a portion of her spine and her left foot that hadn't been reduced to ashes. That includes bones. Her left foot was still inside her slipper, which was undamaged. Plastic cups melted nearby and lost their original shape, but they didn't go up or anything like that. The bedside table's candles melted, leaving only unburnt wicks melted behind. And the slipper survived. That's crazy. I bet you she dropped her coffee or something and it got like soaked. Before oh, it was wet. Yeah, yeah. That makes <laughs> yeah. Sense. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think of that being an option. That's true. Maybe she stepped in a puddle. Ah, god damn it! And just get her dog in. peed on her. Yeah, for sure. Ew. <laughs> Somehow her foot got wet. Yeah. <laughs> the chair she'd been sitting on and the ceiling above was basically the only damage. Wait, and there was also the soot and the stinky ashes, like the other. I don't case. know how they're putting themselves out. Drinking. Like how was nothing else? on fire after they're done they're like they're literally just exploding there's there's theories i'll get to them i kind of went i kind of went private dicks with this one for fun 
Okay. Yeah. It's kind of. All right. I feel like uh, a dick. So let's, yeah. let's do this. Un- we're unethical dicks today. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, all right. So this is one of the weird facts of this case. It's an outlier for sure, but it's a, it's, I don't even know if it's a fact. I don't get it, but we'll see. So this is a weird one. Investigators say that her head was intact, like fully, but it had shrunk and it was the size of a teacup. Oh my God. That's so fucking cool. Witchcraft. <laughs> I can't figure out why. And I, I looked and I couldn't find anything. I, I looked up shrinking heads and I looked up the process of shrinking heads and it has nothing to do with fire at all. What they do is they'll, they'll take the skull out of a, of a head and they'll just fill it with red seeds and they'll sew the mouth shut. That's what it has to do. With, nothing to do with fire or anything like that. So I don't know why it's shrunk. That's fucking weird to me. That that's an outlier in all these, but it happened apparently. Yeah. I'm saying witchcraft because I'm noticing that these are happening like every hundred years too. So like someone mm. put a curse on like a family or something and somehow they're all connected like hundred years later. Or maybe it's, 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 yeah, I like your thing, your line of thinking, but I'm going the it style. Like it comes out and feeds. It's not actually a pile of ashes. It's a fire demon that takes a bite and just leaves whatever ashes are left. I like that. <sighs> Take the bite out of the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It turns just, its head oh. side like a big old taco. Yeah. yeah, that's where all the good stuff is. Like in the middle, all the juicy bits. All the so. all the organ meats. Yeah. All the awful. The giblets. Yeah. <laughs> giblets. All right. <laughs> I almost made myself barf. Um, oh. That would be just, the first. Not unethical. Yeah. Someone yakking for sure. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, the police chief of the time, J.R. Reichart, investigated, and many there were many after many theories were brought to him, there was no clear answer as to what had happened to Reeser. So Chief Reichart gets so frustrated, he drafts a letter to J. Edgar Hoover himself and his FBI asking for help. Now, you know this must have pissed off this small town chief of police. You know what I mean? Because that happened in his jurisdiction. Why are the feds coming in to fix this day? He must have been pissed. I've watched <laughs> yeah. enough TV to know about jurisdictions. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, he's just like, no, this is a classic case of shik. <laughs> SHC, right? Shuk, shuk. He's like, what are you talking about? Jagger Hoover's just putting on lipstick and like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> So from there, the police sent the boxes of evidence to the FBI and FBI lab in D.C. for it to be examined. This is when the research case started to gain national attention uh, through the media. It was getting headlines all over America. Uh, Many people had theories and diagnosis of spontaneous human combustion was even proposed by the local papers before anything got sent. So like it was an early theory is what I'm trying to say. Um, now, after examining and discounting a few leads like lightning or an electrical fire, uh, the FBI came up with this. They had found out that Reese's son was visiting on the day, the night before she had burnt. Uh, before he left, Reese's son said that she had taken a sleeping pill. And since she was a heavy smoker, they figured she fell asleep or had a heart attack and died. Uh, with a cigarette in her mouth and it lit her nightgown on fire being sedated from the pill or just being dead. She was ablaze. And there's a name and explanation for what scientists and uh, from the FBI say is happening here. 
but I'm going to save it to the end just because we're going to private dicks as fuck. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So they, they have an idea for it. What it is. It's one of, it's their theory. It's called the wick effect. Okay. And I'll just get into it later. How, how that works. So I'm just going to tell you about one more case and then we'll get into like the theories beyond this. Uh, and it's the most recent diagnosis of spontaneous human combustion. And it was in 2010. Whoa. Wow. Awesome. 20, 2010 recently mm-hmm. enough. Uh, it was in Ireland three days before Christmas. 2010 uh, a neighbor of a man 72 a 72 year old man named michael ferretti was awoke by a smoke alarm coming from ferretti's house the neighbor went outside to find heavy smoke coming from ferretti's windows and called the fire department immediately what was left of ferretti's body was found laying on his back against the close uh with his laying on his back head closest to an open fireplace the fire was completely contained to his body, the floor beneath and the ceiling above. Fire chief Gary O'Malley concluded that the open fire was not the source of ignition and there was no trace of accelerants. His head was close to the open fireplace. So I'm not sure what fucking O'Malley came to that conclusion. To me, that just the description <laughs> sounds like that fireplace is pretty fucking close to O'Malley, but he's a fire chief. I'm a fucking retired podcaster. So I don't know what to say. <laughs> Let me say that again. I was calling myself fire retardant. I was saying I was fire retardant. Of course. So if Richard laid down next to a fireplace, he would be fine. I wouldn't burn because I'm retardant. <laughs> um, yeah, where was I? Okay, so there's no evidence of foul play either. That's another thing I forgot to say about this. A lot of these things, most of these things, there's no evidence of foul play at all. Usually they're just by themselves. Um, in September 2011, after scouring through medical textbooks and dodging the media for nearly a year, Dr. Syrian McLaughlin, McLaughlin, the coroner, ruled the death of Faraday as spontaneous human combustion to the amazement of the world. Awesome. Um, yeah. They had the usual greasy ashes, stink, and leftover limbs. Uh, so what's going on here? Let's talk about it a bit. There's a bunch of theories, and I'm going to go through, go all private dicks on this biatch. I wrote that in the script. Okay. In the old days, <laughs> in the old days, uh, SHC was explained by an act of God, like I said up top. Over the years, we've been, there have been many other theories that have popped up. Electricity has been a big theory over the years, like lightning strikes through windows, uh, ball lightning, like I said, which is just lightning in ball form that happens very rarely apparently i i don't fucking they got dragon balls aid exactly yeah (laughs) 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 they were were in mortal combat get over here it was raiden yeah raiden fucked them up (laughs) um arcs of electricity coming from outlets around the house uh that's another one that's been about electricity um a lot most of these have been discounted as improbable Um, Another early theory is that since the victims of SHC are usually drunks, the water in their cells has been partially, if not mostly, replaced by alcohol. This in conjunction with being a bigger person, human fat is very combustible. Uh, This made them flammable and they would burn up at high temperatures, destroying the bone in the process. Um, So it's, it's basically the reverse of Gene Hilliard, you know? Yeah. You don't get saved by the fire. You don't get saved from the fire. It actually, but that's an early thought. It didn't really pass muster. Um, Yeah. 
Where am I here? Okay. The, by the description from the online dictionary, spontaneous human combustion is supposed to not have an ignition source, but I think most of these stories, there's a potential source. And if not, whatever ignition source there was, it was burned in the fire and therefore not apparent. Like a cigarette, you wouldn't be able to find in a pile of ashes. You would never know that they were even smoking a cigarette or uh, let's say, I don't know anything fucking ash, like a spark from the fireplace coming on you. How would you know that was coming on? You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think that is actually part of it. Um, here's another good big theory that I actually kind of believe part of this. And I'll tell you why in a second, some of the theories suggest that self immolation may be the reasoning. The victims are always by the, it's dousing yourself with gas and lighting yourself on fire. Oh, like, like like the monk. Like the monk on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album. Yes, uh, very much so. Now, when I started looking, I was like, there's no fucking way that that could be the reasoning. Then I started looking into it. Um, like I said, they're always by themselves. They never look like there's a struggle, right? They always look like, and self-immolation suicides are 1% or less of all suicides in developed countries. But in some developing countries, self-immolation can account for up to 40% of all suicides. So it's rare but it fucking definitely happens uh that is a that is a massive number i know it's crazy i was thinking that's a lot instead of going on just light myself on fire i found that crazy that's a crazy stat to me if one percent let's say in developed countries out of the 200 or about 250 i've seen accounts where it says 300 i've seen accounts where it says 100 so i just went with 200 but it could be up to 300 accounts of like recorded accounts of spontaneous human combustion I think at least three of them, if we're going by the 1% standard, were actually just self-immolation. At least three. It could be more though, right? Uh, If that's that's a possibility, I do believe that is part of this. Um, The next theory wasn't read anywhere by me, but it was just made up by me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I want to think at some point in history... Someone was unfortunate enough to just be yawning outside and a meteor flew in their mouth. And then they just uh, <laughs> <laughs> burnt to the ground spontaneously right there. I want to believe that that happened at least once as well. So I'm putting it in the episode. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not the only one doing this, even with spontaneous human combustion. In his 1976 book, Fire from Heaven, UK author Michael Harrison theorizes that SHC could be poltergeist activity. So if you come into contact with a ghost, you will light a flame and you will be fucking combusted. Is a poltergeist created by people? Like their negative energies? Isn't that what poltergeist is? I guess. I guess. So always be positive. Exactly. And if you do see a ghost, don't touch him. You'll end up a greasy stain on your fucking parents' window. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another good one. Another good fun one, I think. In 1995, remember what I said, 1995, uh, Larry E. Arnold wrote uh, the book Ablaze with an exclamation point. Uh, before I get too far into this, I just want you guys to know that Larry Arnold has many opinions and he's a very loud person. Doesn't make him a scientist though. Um, <laughs> he, has no, he has no science background. He's just an independent oh, investigator who likes to like, loves this kind of shit. Fair, but he doesn't have any type of quantum physics training. But No credentials whatsoever. <laughs> but in his book of Blaze, Arnold proposes a subatomic uh 
a particle called a pyrotron. All right. He calls it the subatomic pyrotron theory. It's based on quantum physics. And basically what it's saying that pyrotrons are fast and high energy potential or uh, particles that shoot between quarks and quarks are what are between what makes up our atoms. We've never actually seen a quark as humans, uh, but we know they exist because otherwise quantum physics doesn't make sense. But he's saying that these pyrotrons are crashing into quarks and causing a little mini nuclear explosion inside of you. It's very rare that it happens, but that's what's happening. Pyrotrons. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) pyrotrons. Uh, This is this has been debunked a lot, just so everyone knows. Uh, (laughs) It has to end with an ONS naturally. Yeah. I do like it though. Pyrotron sounds fun. It's it's he tries to explain pyrokinesis with these pyrotrons too. It's like people who can control their pyrotrons can shoot flames from their fingers. Uh, Trust me, uh, I've uh, seen it. I've seen it. They have laser eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Um so yeah. Uh, the next one, and it's not really a theory, it's just what I heard, I heard, I read a scientist say, uh, which I found was kind of interesting because I never thought of it in this way before. It's just like basic math, right? Uh, what gave us the atom bomb, E equals MC square. So if all the mass of a person could be converted into energy, it would be much more powerful than the few hydrogen bombs. But there's no known or even theoretical process to convert all of the human's mass into energy quickly. So it is theoretically possible because of math, but just the math isn't there yet. There's no way to do it yet. But I, I thought that was interesting. You could just, if you could convert all of it, us into, we could be bombs, right? All right. <laughs> I am bomb. You're a dub bomb for sure. Okay. Uh, a professor at Cardiff University, Brian J. Ford, has another pseudoscientific answer to what is going on. And he admits this is all theory, but he says to, he has to test it some more. Maybe this is... He thinks it's a good theory. Okay. And he says it's ketosis. That's right. The fucking keto diet's making you explode, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that something that happens to diabetics? It is something that happens to diabetics. Also, alcoholics. Anybody who's yeah. highly alcoholized, they get uh, the ketosis as well. Um, and this, here's the best. I'm not a doctor. Here's the best way I know how to explain it. Okay. Most. If not all spontaneous human combustion victims have been overweight. Okay. Uh, you have a higher potential to get diabetes when you're overweight. Apparently, diabetes can result in ketone bodies such as acetone. Now, have you ever spell, smelt the breath of someone when they're in ketosis or f- and full of acetone? It's yep. fucking nasty, like a diabetic that just gets hammered. Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa, before he passed away, definitely all the time smelt like that. What does it smell like? What does it smell like? What, give it a description. <sighs> I don't know. Gross. I can't. It's like fruit. <laughs> it's like a fruity but disgusting like body. Yeah, it's odor. like fermented. It's like fermented fruit. Like really old fermented fruit. Yeah, that's a good yep. way to describe it. I would assume nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's yeah. It's it's a sweet but sour. It's a gross smell. I don't yeah. really like it. But uh, I always thought it smelled like death. That's what I always wanted to call it. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. death smells like. I'm not around corpses often enough. I'm going to have to figure that out. That's what death smells like. Yeah. <laughs> Never been around decomp. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, but heavy drinking, being an alcoholic, can also put your body into keto- ketosis, uh, which also eventually makes acetone. And acetone is highly flammable. And if you're overweight, acetone can render into body fat, 
which is also very flammable. So with enough acetone and a spark at the right time, Ford suggests that this could account for spontaneous human combustion. The less fatty parts of the body survive and the rest has gone up quickly at extremely high temperatures. Like your feet and your hands, your toes and the back of your skull has no fat on it. So it doesn't light up with the rest of your body. Um, Ford ran some experiments by soaking pig flesh and acetone to see if it would go up. And in his words, it went up like an incendiary device. Wow. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> Just pig fat. Ooh. Um, yeah. Pig, pig and human are very similar flesh rise. Right. And he can't really put a pig into ketosis. So he kind of, it's the, the science isn't there yet. <laughs> Like you can't just make a pig an alcoholic and make him smoke and be overweight and be like, let's. <laughs> so he, yeah, he just took a hunk of flesh and just wrapped it in acetone. That's not really the same. So I don't. Maybe it's pseudoscientific to me because he hasn't tested it enough yet. But it is a decent enough theory in my opinion. Uh, so that keto diet is really gonna blow you up, guys. Chill out with that. Eat some fucking carbs, you weirdos. Uh, <laughs> Bagels are delicious. <laughs> they are fucking delicious. Uh, all right. So here's another science one. Uh, Dr. Lawrence Afrin says that a condition named mast cell activation syndrome, MCAS, could be the cause of spontaneous human combustion. Macass. Macass. Macass is a very rare disease, very, very rare disease. And this takes into account why we're not seeing people just light on fire all the time. If spontaneous human combustion is real, how can we don't see it everywhere? Right. He says it's because they have to have this very specific disease for it to actually happen. Now this disease, uh, what it does, it's a rare immunological disorder that makes mast cells work in overdrive. What does mast cells do? I don't know. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> what matters is that the, MCAS that uh, since these cells are working overdrive, they're producing much more energy than they would be typically. And then Dr. Afrin says that one time he had a patient with MCAS grow ill and the patient began to smoke in front of him and many other witnesses. Dr. Afrin was around him. So they kind of cooled him down and made him not light on fire. But he said, if that had been at home by himself, he just would have lit on fire probably. Um, yeah. Uh, MCAS is already not well understood by the medical science in general. They don't really understand what's going on with it. Just doctors don't. And I, it's not understood by me at all. So I'm not going to go further into that one. <laughs> um, so the last, is this the last one? I think there's, no, there's a couple more. Uh, the wick effect. Now I mentioned that earlier with Mary Reeser. Uh, remember the first nationally investigated case of spontaneous human combustion? fell asleep with a smoke in her mouth while sleeping, uh, pilled out. And they think she died because of that. Well, what FBI investigators concluded was what is now known as the wick effect. It, as the subcutaneous fat from her body warmed up and melted. Okay. When she's dropped the cigarette. Okay. So this, I'm going to explain this because I wrote it down, but I'm like, I'm better just talking. So falls asleep with a smoke in her mouth. Okay. Smoke falls, lights her, uh, nightgown on fire okay breaks the skin the subcutaneous fat from her body is warmed up melted and it seeps into her clothes creating a slow and hot burning wick uh, ah yep so it acted like a wick to the candle but just like a reverse candle okay and the yep. fat was the wax 
that would make sense why it's all greasy around there too it's rendered just human like emitting fat. all that yeah yeah cholesterol yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, cholesterol everywhere it. yeah that also makes sense as to why nothing else around burns is it mm. kind of contained the fire is contained Hmm. The hot air and smoke rose to the top of the room. So that's why only the top of the room really got hot. The rest of the room was kind of there. The bottom, when it got to the bottom, the bones being completely destroyed can be explained that most of the time it was elderly women who fell victim to spontaneous human combustion. And what is a common uh, disease with elderly women? Osteoporosis. Which does what? Thins the bones. Makes the bones very brittle. Very brittle. So easy to burn. So they think that there'd be a greater chance for them to just be demolished in the entire thing. Um, Extremities don't burn uh, in the hands and feet because they have less fat, same as the ketosis thing, making them less likely to burn. Most uh, times they think the person is either so drunk that they don't wake up while being burned to death uh, or they're, they died of whatever illness they had, like a heart attack, like I said. Big girls get big heart attacks with smokes in their mouths after 60. That's what I wrote there. Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, The reasoning for it to be happened so much in back in the day was the wood stove thing that I mentioned earlier. Um, The wick effect is how most scientists explain this phenomena nowadays, but critics claim it doesn't have, doesn't answer a lot of unanswered questions. Like the heat alone should burn the house down. Like just because it takes about 20 minutes for lots of these spontaneous human combustion things to actually happen that I don't know, the doctor just said that much heat contained in that little spot, even with the wick around, it would still produce enough heat to burn everything around at the house would be 3000 degrees. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of fucking temperature. So that's a big criticism of the whole spontaneous human combustion thing. Um, the heat would require full burning would be immense. Okay, whatever. Uh, although most theories are listed or fun, none of them are definitive. Nothing explains why it happens so infrequently, infrequently and only in humans. Uh, how come it never happens except when old people are alone with booze? Usually here is where I'd ask the dicks what they think. <laughs> after hearing all the theories. There is another theory that I wrote down here quickly afterwards that I forgot about is that some of these spontaneous human combustion things, they think that it is, since it's so hard to diagnose and it's still being diagnosed to this day and they don't really understand the full process of it, uh, it's one of the theories, it's not all of them, but some of them are probably murders covered up. So they'll just Mm -hmm. kill their parents or whatever, light them on fire if they know about spontaneous human combustion, fucking melt them to nothing. And then just uh, call it a day. Um, the wick effect. And you said you said Reese's son had stopped by, like previously. Mm. So yeah, but that's the only one we know of that had a visitor. Because oh fuck, there's like I I could have went on forever with these cases. There's so many of them. I just picked four of the fun ones. There's about twenty of them that I could have just went off on. Um, I forgot to mention about the wick effect too. Uh, the guy did test the wick effect on a dead pig. He just found a dead pig and wrapped it in a blanket and lit it on fire. How did that turn out? It worked. Pigs in a blanket. (laughs) Yeah, pig burning. Yeah, pig in a blanket. You burned it. Yeah. Uh, It actually did work, but it took like four hours for it to actually melt away. It had the similar stuff. So 
that's why a spontaneous like story that's why the wick effect is usually how they explain it because it has a minute amount of scientific backing it doesn't account for the time but it accounts for most everything else um also the murder thing i i think that might be a way of something that's happening a bit of the time as well and mm-hmm. self-immolation i think it's a lot of things i like this ketosis thing just so you guys know i think that maybe mixed with the wick effect like if you have a high ketones like high acetone plus you fall asleep and you get lit with your subcutaneous fat i think that's what is probably going on i think the the ketosis thing is but yeah those are all the theories that's all the that's what i wrote for this bad boy it's a pretty good one awesome. what do you guys what do you guys what do you guys think's happening here anything that you guys sticks out that i didn't think of my mind is still blown i don't even know it's just <laughs> cuz it just seems crazy that it could happen at all to me so i'm just like yeah my brain hurts now richard sorry i do that sometimes <laughs> i've been known i've been known to hurt brains <laughs> i don't know i think that you know with, with the earlier ones there was so many open flames in a house that they could have easily like walked by and had their sleeve of their nighty or whatever nighty <laughs> it's like they're a baby <laughs> not an old lady <laughs> <laughs> what is it called nightgown um yeah. you know and they're all frilly and shit back then so they probably just like yeah. accidentally waved over an open flame or something yeah the problem with that though uh with that whole thing they just lit on fire it doesn't account for bones bones should not me- be gone if you light yourself on fire right well, that yeah. and then nothing around being burnt too that's, that's true too yeah, because if you think you, you figure if you were walking around, you got lit on fire, you would notice eventually and like panic. And if even no one was around, you'd run around the room, you'd be lighting shit on fire, like, ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that how many times we were taught stop, drop, and roll, we'd use it a little more often, but yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> or the I'm still too young. I don't know. Maybe Christy got this. Maybe because in Australia they never do this, but my parents for sure they get them to hide under the desk. You know, like how many times they have to hide when they thought nukes were coming? Like during the Cold <laughs> War. Hide under the desk, kids. There's a desk hide. Now it's now it's uh the drills at school are uh, active shooter drills, so that's fun. Yeah, they huddle us all in a corner. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. Put make you all easy targets. Just put you all in a big group in one corner. Yeah, imagine uh-huh. somebody spontaneous humanly combusted while you guys were all bust in the, in the middle like of the group. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, there's cholesterol everywhere. Yeah, cholesterol. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Head on over to our Facebook and Instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical. Just search Unethical Podcast. You can also find us on Patreon, where you can get access to all of our super awesome content, uncut videos of our discussions, and early release of all the episodes. We are adding fun stuff all the time, so you should definitely come and check it out. Thanks again. We appreciate all of you. I am a flamer. Like, you should see how many dicks I suck. I put them all in my mouth. Hey guys, uh, I'm 
actually wanting to hear from you guys. So if you want to send us an email about um, an unethical story or murder or just something crazy that you've heard of, um, I'd love to read it and let other people um, read it as well and enjoy the craziness. So if you want to send us your stories, you can send it to unethicalcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And so that we know it's a story from you, add it, uh, the attention line uh, to Tally, and I'll read your stories. Does that sound good? Was that okay? <laughs> okay, I'm <laughs> sorry.